Hello, listeners, and welcome to yet another episode of EdgeGuard Podcast, a podcast where we take a closer look at games on the fringe. My name is Jordan. I am one of your two co-hosts. I'm joined, as always, by uh, my good friend, Blake. Hello. Uh, Blake's with me here today to talk about something a little bit different, because it's not really a game so much as a game space uh, exploring other games. (laughs) Uh, This is a program called uh, the Museum of Mechanics, colon, lockpicking, designed by uh, Dimbulb Games on uh, Itch, who is known as one of the creators of Where the Water Tastes Like Wine. Um, It's their their claim to fame. But um, this game is basically about how other games have implemented lockpicking. Uh, and uh, it's sort of just a um, uh, a museum of these different <laughs> mechanics that is designed. It's it's pitched as being a uh, 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 sort of like targeted towards game developers as mm-hmm. like a way of looking at uh, and quickly exploring the different ways that other games have uh, have done lock picking. So just to sort of have ideas to bounce off of for mm-hmm. your um, your own mechanics. Although I also sort of feel like it's a it is a kind of like um, like essay of game history uh, yeah, in, in in video game form because uh-huh. he has so he has all the lock picking mechanics sort of lined up like a museum and mm-hmm. you you walk around and then each one has a little plaque that has uh-huh. uh, it's got like historical context of the game explanation of the mechanic and then an analysis of what you know what its strengths and what, weaknesses what effects does this specific uh, lock picking mechanic uh, try to uh, produce. And yes, that's the good. Relative success of that effect. Yeah, like what is the what is the implication this per- particular way of doing it would have on your game? Yeah, um, uh, and I I found it super. I thought it was super fun. I I almost found it <laughs> to be a maybe this is getting ahead of myself a bit, but it felt almost uh-huh. like a Mark Brown essay in uh, in interactive <laughs> format. Um, oh, okay. So I yeah I thought it was super fun. Uh, a lot of the games I have already you know played before because I've played a lot of uh, RPGs and that's obviously the uh, sure. the usual game that you'll find a lock picking mechanic in. But some of them were f- were new for me. Um, mm. And then we should also say it is uh, still in development. He's adding more um, uh, uh, game additional mechanics. Yeah, yeah. additional <laughs> mechanics. Uh, there the- it's probably about two thirds done, maybe a little less. Yeah, the 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 museum is kind of organized uh, chronologically, roughly, uh, or I mean, maybe not even roughly. It's it's basically chronological mm-hmm. uh, from one side to the other. And uh, yeah, once we get to like the Xbox 360 era, I think lock picking mini games get uh get complicated enough. Uh, yeah, that it's, they sort of have uh, stretched the limits of uh, a single developer. Uh, so they they put oh, out this, sure. this this version. Uh, I mean, yeah. not that one developer can't do it. It's just will be time require much more you know? work. Yeah, and also the the other thing that's funny about it is like almost by you know by des- design for this, this sort of project is it's very hard to reuse. Uh, I yeah, imagine absolutely. it's very hard to, to reuse the systems you've implemented just because well, yeah, like, these games are all designed to be totally different. So yeah, it's uh, any any games that are similar enough uh, for the reuse to be like totally uh, apparent. Uh, they're basically included together 
So, yeah, uh, for example, yeah. like, uh, what was it? Thief and the original Deus Ex game. Yes. Uh, and like a couple other games mm-hmm. all had basically uh, yeah. like different Skyrim versions. and Fallout 3, although those were the ones that weren't implemented yet. Oh, and I just yeah. remembered, uh, I, I should say the the Dimble Games is, uh, um, I might mispronounce this, but Jonaman Nordhagen, uh, I think, is, um, and I think he. That's a way to say it. Yeah. Well, my apologies. Listen, I don't know. I also don't know. Yohanneman. Yohanneman, so maybe. Yeah, um, perhaps. <laughs> Who um, say? The uh, I, I get the impression they made this the museum, um, but it's yeah. just it's just because uh, obviously water tastes like wine is uh-huh. uh, more people. But um, yeah. I think Dimble Games on itch is them specifically. Sure. Uh, so, yeah. So, um so that's the the sort of overview of what this game is. Um, mm-hmm. I sort of had two. Maybe you have an idea of which one to start with, but I, I felt like it mm-hmm. would be there's sort of two main things to talk about, which is like uh, the actual mechanics and sure. um, you know comparative uh, all these different lock pick mechanics, and then sort of maybe a more meta discussion of of mm-hmm. this idea of mm-hmm. like having a museum of mechanics. That it seems sure. like at least on uh, itch, people have really have really uh taken to and seems very popular i love the idea i think it's super fun um even not uh as a i think the original idea was for it to be uh you know specifically targeted towards game developers but i think it's just interesting as like you know people just interested in games to just like see these side-by-side comparisons i think it's super fun so yeah i mean i think that's a a good a place to start as any is like talking at sort of a high level like what uh what the goals of this uh project are and uh kind of the the execution and how it plays out because i do think that's like uh i I think you're right that uh the mission statement is like oh for if you want to you know if you're a developer looking to implement lockpicking in your game here's some ideas where it really comes off more as like uh almost like a case study in uh in Mm. like how uh complex or not complex or just how varied uh like a simple side mechanic in your game could be uh and sort of like exploring the different effects that a a developer would want to produce by having lock picking as a mechanic in their game and how different lock picking mechanics throughout the years have uh sort of like uh evolved uh those ideas but also you know uh taken different uh approaches mm-hmm you know for specific uh either like thematic reasons or gameplay reasons um so it, yeah I, I did find it interesting i, I kind of liked what you said earlier about it being almost like an essay uh mm-hmm. that you're like saying argued through you know this uh yeah simple i mean it it's it's not like a blank white room like it has a little bit of character to it it kind of yeah. looks like a like a a, a an emptied out like old-timey warehouse or, uh, or yeah. like a barn or something. Uh, I mean, honestly, I mean, maybe just I was too in the the headspace, but it felt like the the barn that would be the secret hideout of like the thieves guild in a Skyrim game or something like that. <laughs> you know, like you go move over a bale of hay uh-huh. in the corner, and there's a trap door that leads down to. <laughs> yeah, to, to me, it kind of reminds me of like the the warehouse in Indiana Jones where they put all the crates of the oh sure the, the bygone relics, but <laughs> yeah. sort of shrunk down. Yeah. Um, 
I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you, you sounded like you were going somewhere. I know, um, okay. I was. So one thing, maybe one thing I want to talk about is uh, uh, I like the, um, the the seeing the sort of evolution of the, me- mm-hmm. the mechanics. So that that's another way that this, the the way that uh, they've de- they've decided to set this up makes it feel very much like an e- like a essay in game history because they start with the first mechanic is Dungeons and Dragons, yeah, uh, which you know obviously not a video game, but they they sort of point out that a lot of these games, especially the role playing games, take mm-hmm. their their ins- their first inspiration for lock picking from skill checks in D anD D when it's you know literally sure. just roll a die, add a number to it, and yeah. then. Um, and then, so, you know, they actually put that in the game. The, you can go up and click yeah. on that lock and then roll a dice and, and yeah. choose, choose your skill modifier. By the way, um, natural 20 first try. Oh, did you? Oh, uh-huh. wow. That's right. Such a good lock picker. You're, you're um, damn right. And they, I actually felt like the, even the analysis there was pretty good. They point out sure. that the, the you know, it, from a strictly mechanical point of view, uh, uh-huh. All D and D, you know, obliterates the differences between any action you could be taking. All of them, uh, you sure. roll a die, add a number to it. Yeah, and the, is the number the, big the, enough? The, get a big enough number, and the way you get around it is like filling in the gaps with a. Uh, improvisational storytelling but then there's this great line where he's like unfortunately video games don't have the ability to have a sure, full a fully sure. uh comprehensive improvisational story engine so yeah. you have to come up with other solutions um uh-huh. so after that one it then goes to uh i think it was fallout one and two where it's just um same thing but a little more complicated uh, yeah, it's like equation. two stats in a in a in a formula, basically. Yeah, it's twenty plus. Uh, I forget what the two stats are called, but twenty plus stat this stat times that stat, stat over uh, two. Yeah, all of it divided by two. It equals a percent, which I think is such a weird way to do it because <laughs> that means that the maximum you can get is a sixty percent chance. If if the if the skill caps uh, that he put in the game are in fact what it is in Fallout One, it goes from oh. one to ten. So if you have two that are both ten. You know, 10 times 10 is 100 plus 20 is 120 divided by mm. two uh, is 60 percent chance is the best. If you if you max out your skills, that's weird. Uh, listen, man, are you sure it was a percent? I thought it was just like, well, he said have a he difficulty said number. Ch- I think he said chance or something like that. And the, I wasn't sure what it, the range was, but I, mm. it seemed like um percent. I'm not sure. It wasn't clear yeah, to me know. exactly I've, how that works, but I've never played the original fallout or fallout 2 so i played the first 15 minutes got bored and did not try again so yeah uh yeah that's all i know um okay i have a uh which um were there any of the lockpicking mechanics that you found especially fun effective or i guess also that you thought sucked uh yeah the uh well i i definitely know which one sucks uh (laughs) That's got to be the lock picking from Oblivion. Yes, which was yes, so, I knew you would say so that. finicky that, that I had, I had totally erased from my mind that the lock picking in, in Oblivion is different than the lock pick lock picking that's in Skyrim and Fallout Three and Fallout Four mm-hmm. because I was like, oh yeah, Oblivion, it's the same one as Skyrim. And then I get in there, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Oh no! And it's then not. suddenly a flood of memories come back uh, <laughs> of like playing Oblivion. <laughs> And just how horrible the lock picking game was and how I just like looked up a guide on how to get the skeleton key. So I just never, ever <laughs> had to do it because oh, I was like, nice. this sucks. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's not good. I also don't. So I never played through the entirety of Oblivion, uh, um, but I in in this version at least it is just like. So when you're, you have to hit up the tumblers and then you have to uh-huh. tap space again in order to lock them in place. Uh-huh. The locking in place, I felt it felt basically random. I was like, because uh-huh. you're supposed to do it when the tumblers all the way up. I don't. It was yeah. like I looks up to me, uh, but yeah, it's it's a the like the timing is really weird, and the harder the lock gets in Oblivion, this is like my half half remembered memory from God. Oh my God. 10 years ago oh wow that's horrifying uh <laughs> at least 10 years ago when i played that game uh that um yeah it was just like you you kind of have to uh, you have to hit the button before it's at the top because it doesn't actually like kick in it, it's 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 not good it's so, so but, bad. but is this a faithful representation of uh my memory of it is yes this was a uh, <laughs> uh, finicky and frustrating in a very similar way like also the the way the 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 pins like all drop back down the second you mess up a single one of them like the heart wrenching uh, immediacy of all of the pins just goosh yeah. slamming back down was like ah yeah that that sucks <laughs> just like <laughs> I remember it <laughs> um yeah I mean I felt that the best one I mean you could sort of uh the the game makes a very good case for you know, designers learning from past mistakes because the best one I felt like was the most recent one, Thief 4, that we saw, uh, where that was the... It was the, a version of the angle thing where you're trying to get it at a specific angle, but it, was, wow. um, it wasn't like the earlier version of that where you just had to hold it kind of in the right angle for yeah, a certain amount of time. That one was frustrating, too. <laughs> that one was kind of frustrating, but I felt like the that angle one, it felt like... Um, I, uh, the the sort of like circular motion you have to make um uh felt you know enough lock picky to sure get the fantasy going but it wasn't Mm -hmm. so complicated to make it frustrating um and i did try it with both uh uh gamepad and uh mouse as per the suggestion of the placard Mm -hmm. and it Mm -hmm. is way better with gamepad it feels like super really Something of because when you're moving with mouse, it's just side by side. Yeah, uh, you're not actually moving it in a circular motion. Mm-hmm. Um, and but with a joystick, it is like actually you know 360 degrees available to you. Uh huh. And um, it just feels shockingly better. Actually, it's yeah. Like, well, that, well, that's an interesting thing to bring up because I think it's alluded to, or uh, maybe not. It's not even alluded to. It's like explicitly mentioned in one of the placards how sort of over time the uh, lock picking mechanics become more and more tailored to console games mm-hmm. like it starts out yeah. as like weird pc rpgs where it's just like you know dice ro- you know uh, fallout you know being classic crpgs where you know it's a lot of dice rolls and stuff uh and then uh, like you said eventually ending with in thief 4 and even i think that extends into skyrim and fallout where that lock picking feels very much built to be played on a gamepad uh, yeah totally wh- which is which is interesting because it's like it's not i don't think there's anything specific about lock picking as a mechanic that screams like ah you gotta you gotta play this on a, on a, mm-hmm. a gamepad this is a console gaming well, feature the, the one thing i would say is that uh the and he addresses this a little bit but the you can sort of see them uh you know the history of lock picking mechanics them making that that change as we get away from like 
the the real sort of D&D-esque CRPG and more towards like games that are about, um, you know, a little more of an action RPG where like sure. the where it's less just about like, you know, min-maxing your character and mm-hmm. your your sort of skill with gameplay actually has some, you know, some level of importance. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that is like what the, obviously the, the gamepad is more suited to that because it's like, as anyone, you know, obviously interfaces... You know, really interface heavy mechanics tend to not translate super well to gamepads. So gamepad based games are often more about, you know, moving and action. Um, So you sort of see them trying to find a way to to turn this, you know, a thing that's, you know, closely associated with role playing games into something that feels more like appropriate for a controller based game yeah well and 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 another thing i would say that this sort of like uh probably inadvertently maps out is the sort of evolution from like pcs and console gaming being totally separate subsections of games where it's i mean i think thinking back even to like the 90s when when you were uh when i was young it's like there were definitely games of like this is a PC game oh, and yeah. you totally. can't play it like uh like even early first person shooters i mean uh you and i have uh, talked many times about how uh you just can't even play uh any sort of like first person shooter with a gamepad cuz it feels so wrong to you uh and like <laughs> i can you, i'm just not very good <laughs> yeah well and like you were uh like there was a time when people just thought first person shooters would not work on a console and then halo came out and it's like yeah. oh when you like pay a lot of careful attention to when your game is only coming out on a console and it's a first person shooter but you've signed an exclusive deal you kind of have to figure out how to make it feel good yeah uh, totally and so uh, you know now now it's like even in the last 10 years there's been a bunch of uh, of ground covered and just like PC gaming has become more accessible. The prices have gone down. Building on your own is like much mm-hmm. less of like a crazy, uh, you know, computer nerd thing. And it's more of a thing that, you know, just a regular, a regular person computer can nerd do. thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and so now this, there's not really not, there's not often this like hard line between this is a game for PC and this is a game for console because, uh, I think partly uh, developers have learned that you can make more money if you sell your game to as many people to as possible. More people. <laughs> <laughs> but but also just like the 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 things that have uh, that were you know decided differences as uh, you know to say well oh well this game couldn't exist on console or this game couldn't exist on PC have kind of blurred you know for example game pads uh, are compatible with your computer. There's there's really robust uh, you know compatibility for uh, with things like X input to just like plug in your controller for your Xbox to your computer and it mm-hmm. just works with games running on your computer without you having to like did you ever have to do you ever remember maybe you didn't do this because uh, you were initially a, a PC gamer and so you never had this <laughs> thought but I, I had like a like a USB it was like a fake PlayStation 2 controller that had USB that would plug into the computer and you used to have to manually map every input on the controller yeah, i i never did but game. i had a but a mutual friend of ours did for gamecube uh they for a gamecube emulator they had sure. a this, i uh-huh. forget what it was but you know one of these programs that allowed yeah, you to m- do all your con- i think it was dolphin yeah all these yeah, all the controller mappings um yeah. and it so was, yeah it was an familiar. absolute pain in the ass 
so yeah so things like that making uh you know playing with a controller on on pc very simple and also i feel like uh the the relative power of hardware obviously pcs are much more powerful than consoles but the amount of power uh is overall for across all consoles is so high that uh it's not like oh we can't implement systems or mechanics on consoles because they're just too complicated it's more (laughs) uh yeah we can make the same game it'll just run at 30 frames a second versus you know 60 or 120 or even higher uh on pc right so Mm -hmm. i think i think a lot of those lines have been blurred and so it's interesting that this this you know weird interactive museum that's supposed to just be about lock picking can kind of like tease out uh little threads about like the history of games and the evolution of yeah uh, you know gaming as a as a medium and also uh mechanics more broadly than just lock picking mechanics which are explored in this game uh i thought i thought that was that was really cool um i it actually reminded me a little bit of this game that i haven't played but coda the game, the second game by the creator of the Stanley Parable. Um, hmm. Do you hear of this? Is it, isn't that what it's called, or is it not called Coda? Uh, no, I the Beginner's that, Guide. It's called the oh, Beginner's Guide. I was going to say, I thought that I thought that Davy Reardon worked on uh, the Beginner's Guide. The Beginner's <laughs> the Guide. Game. The character in the game is named Coda. Ah, I see. Uh, the um, but it's a it's a you know the the premise is you're going through the old like unfinished game projects of this person sure, and it, it sure. similarly has a, a kind of like uh you know um tour of mechanics structure uh mm. that, that I, I was vaguely reminded of although there it's going for a very different uh effect here it's like sure it's more of a non-fictional sort of thing whereas that one's kind of like a postmoderny metafiction type thing sure sure uh, um, another thing that uh, about the history of locking mechanics is sort of brings up that we've kind of talked about a little bit, but just wanted to make explicit is it talks about the difference between just, um, you know, uh, game and character or sorry, player and character skill. So like on the extreme end, Dungeons and Dragons is pure character skill. You know, nothing you do has any effect on it. And then on the other extreme, there's like uh, Oblivion's. I, uh, well, I guess Oblivion's it gets harder or easier based on your lock picking skill, right? Mm. Um, but anyways, yeah. So the 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 sort of like question of how much um, how much to have your uh, player your character's ability affect uh-huh. the mini game uh, sure. is is a decision that he also talks about uh, a lot of these games dealing with. Um, mm. It seems like it's uh, uh, very common in games for. Um, De- developers to anticipate the mini game being frustrating and <laughs> and so giving their players an out like yeah. the oblivion skeleton key like, for example um, sure or just like there's a lot of like brute force uh options they give you i don't remember which game it was but he does mention that there was one where uh, if you get good at it you can um you can lock pick above your level but you don't have to do the mini game maybe that yeah. was oblivion no that might have been skyrim no because he didn't do skyrim Mm, i forget which I, one that I, was i remember reading it uh i, I think it might have been was it thief four or uh god what was that i don't know i i do remember uh oh it was that a uh, arachno arachna something arachnavox or something I, it was a game i wasn't familiar with oh yes I believe uh, that's the game anachronox anachronox um, okay 
Yeah, that game um, was, yeah, I'd never heard of that. That was an interesting, completely, you know, out of left field compared to the other ones. <laughs> yeah, for real. It was like about what well, you're like guessing, trying to get your get, get your you're number. basically guessing numbers under a time limit. And you have like a yeah. meter that tells you how close to the correct number you are. Yeah, um, that one I felt yeah. like it was too easy to just purely brute force. Well, yeah, I think uh, he explicitly mentioned that in the real game, the time limits are much shorter. Uh, right. And so uh, there were. But the, the thing that's interesting about that game is there's some locks that are just like straight up almost almost impossible with the amount of time you're given because you have five different numbers to guess and uh, you have 10 mm. seconds to do it. Yeah, so it's like you, you, you almost have to get, uh, you know, the player skills that uh, make it easier for it to even be be possible other than like basically random chance. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, but it but it is. Inter- I also thought it was interesting that uh, like the sort of comparison of like, oh, well, is this a, a player skill based thing versus a, a character skill thing? Because it's a it's a dichotomy that I uh, or maybe maybe dichotomy is not quite the word, but it's a, a comparison that I uh, hadn't really thought about a lot as much as I do think about, uh, you know, game design and such, you know, have a whole <laughs> podcast about it. Uh <laughs> But uh, it was something that it's like, oh, yeah, I mean, what in what ways is it meaningful to say, OK, uh, this doesn't have anything to do with how good the player is because uh, we don't really care. We want to we want to communicate to the player that their character is good at something versus making the f- the player feel empowered by mm-hmm. uh, having yeah. them master this sort of like extra mechanic. And that, that's kind of what I was uh, talking about earlier when uh, th- this is this is almost an essay about like how like little side mechanics can be used to uh you know really enhance your game overall uh even if they feel like weird little you know what they are mini games basically mm-hmm. uh that like you know if you're if you're carefully considering uh you know do i want the player to feel like they're learning how to be good at something that's really sneaky and so that's uh, that's how they're, uh, you know, getting to live the the quote unquote power fantasy of like being a, a sneaky, stealthy guy is like they <laughs> they they're learning how to, you know, pick locks in the game's way. Uh, or if it's just like, oh, my character is is uh, such a such a skilled thief that they can pick locks so fast now. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting to consider more broadly than just, uh, you know, lock picking mechanics. Yeah, totally. Um and it is a, yeah, it is a, a question that comes up in in a lot of these games. Um, mm-hmm. Although uh, I felt like um, on the other extreme, like games that seem to have no uh, no character skill at all, uh, uh-huh. it seemed like the thief games uh, were the ones that were the closest to that extreme. I was really, mm-hmm. I've never played any of the thief games, but I was very I intrigued either. by his description of the, the one where the, the constraint to your lock picking is, uh-huh. is just that lock picking makes noise. And yeah. so you might alert nearby guards to, uh-huh. to your, your lock picking. It's not a matter of like having a high enough skill. It's just a matter yeah. of knowing when you have an opening to be lock picking. Uh, and I think that's, uh, that's a super interesting way to do it. Also, just because I think that that would make it, um, it that that could really play into the the tactile element of the lockpicking mechanic. Because like sure. you know, you're getting sweaty palms as you're like worried that someone's going to come around yeah. the corner and witness you lockpicking. Um, yeah, I think that could be that could be really cool. Yeah, I uh, I will just briefly mention that the the thief games, especially like the the first thief, is kind of like a 
embarrassed I haven't played. I feel like it. I Me feel like too. that's a, that's a game designer ass game. Everyone like loves it. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like Far Cry Two, where normal people are just like, "What? Who cares?" And uh, you know, game designers or weird uh, academics are always like, mm, "Far Cry Two." Yeah, dude. I even watched Robert Yang's uh, level, oh, design level design video breakdowns. about it. Nice. Um, even though I haven't actually played it myself. Yeah, um, I, I want to play it, but um, I, I did want to bring up the sort of like tactile element because it was it was interesting. Also, uh, there's some consideration paid to uh, like the state of the rest of the game surrounding the the lock picking mini game. So, yeah, in Thief, yeah. for example, the lock picking takes place in real time with the game, and so there's like this sort of tension of like, oh, I hope no one walks up and. Uh, figures out that I'm, you know, trying to pick this lock versus Oblivion where you can be in the middle of combat and like walk yeah, up to a lock freeze time. and it just freezes all of time or whatever. Uh, Do you, you remember this time? Time doesn't freeze in Skyrim, does it? I feel like no. I think it, I think it might freeze, but you might not be able to initiate a lock pick if you are in combat. Mm. I don't actually know. That's, that's just either. totally off the dome. I haven't played Skyrim in a few years. <laughs> Um, but it actually, uh, that does kind of remind me of, uh, a game that I wasn't surprised wasn't featured in this game. Cause a, it's relatively new and B it wasn't like super popular, but, uh, this game called uh, judgment, which is a spinoff of the Yakuza series for those familiar, which I played recently that has not one, but two, uh, entirely distinct lock picking mini games. Uh, <laughs> and I, I think both of them are actually pretty good cause they kind of lean into like different elements of, uh, what make lock picking cool. Um, and, uh, they both have a sort of a timer. So the, the game world does freeze around you, but the, the clock is ticking down while you're doing it. So there's a certain source of, uh, of tension. Uh, and also your character, uh, will like cuss when you fuck up and, uh, will, uh, be like, yes, when you, uh, when you succeed, uh, and so I don't know. I did want to, I did want to shout out judgment having like lock picking mechanics that are actually fun and tense enough that I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Cause like, I don't know. I, I have kind of like Skyrim. It's really fun at first. And then after a while, it's kind of like, you've done so many lot. you have to, you've picked so many locks. Yeah. By the point, Cause you've played like, you know, 80 or hundred totally. hours of the game that you're kind of like, all right, whatever, let's move on. Come on, come on. Uh, yeah so but yeah that's because i mean i think that's a great example of um you know i think that in skyrim the lockpicking mechanic really is not integrated into the systems of the game hardly at all you know it, uh -huh. it is a true mini game like it sure, is i think sure. it is a better mini game than oblivion but it is yeah. it is just a mini game it takes you out of the game whereas the uh -huh. thief one you know speaking again never played it but the, as it's described it sounds like it really uh -huh. it does you know keep you in the the sort of like game loop of the rest of the game because it is about <laughs> like um it is still up you know you're still constrained on time and visibility uh in a way that is you know that's what stealth uh, that's what thief is about the whole time you know about sure. hiding um, so I don't know what the version of Skyrim would be that that does not take you out of the action because it's kind uh -huh. of like I, I do feel like part of that that sort of era of open world RPG is uh, uh -huh. like mechanic bloat like they just kind of yeah. like like paste a lot of different things it's, on there it, in the same way that they paste that the area is you know it's about uh, over overwhelming you with content sure. here's so all the of course cool shit you can yeah, do. you can lock pick you can stealth like you can uh -huh. did we put a lot of thought into the lock picking mm, 
No. <laughs> Questionable, you can, but you can do it. Yeah. Did we put a lot of thought into the mele- melee uh, combat? Eh, some, but you know. <laughs> Is it fun? Well, kind of. Uh, yeah, uh, that's definitely like a fair criticism. And I, I think uh, it was something I was sort of happy to think about uh, with this game. Uh, because, I mean, generally I kind of think of lock picking mechanics as sort of tedious right in the, yeah. in the, the way you've just described or it sort of gets lumped in uh, in my in my mind with uh similar mechanics like the uh the oblivion like pi- or not oblivion uh sorry um bioshock pipe uh, yeah. game yeah. for like hacking i think he did he like, mention that at one point i think he, he mentioned yeah, it does that. get it does get briefly mentioned it's just like why the hell is this in here like it's yeah. a perfectly fine game but like i don't really want to play it <laughs> while i'm like running around yeah 100%. shooting like you know in experiencing this world weird world and also like i feel like the uh sort of thematically it doesn't really make sense that you're like hacking electronics so you're just like rerouting fluid through some tubes i guess <laughs> are they supposed to be vacuum tubes is that the? i mean dude the, it's like genuinely I think, isn't it like it's based on a real like yeah yeah game, it's, right? so that's what um, makes it even more goofy it's like you pull up the hacking icon it's just like a game of breakout or something like it's just uh-huh, like uh-huh, go uh-huh. go hack this computer <laughs> yeah it, it kind of uh you know i think uh lock picking is uh, in a class of sort of side mechanic mini game things that kind of get added to a game seemingly with like little consideration for like why is this here? Uh, uh, so it, uh, it, I was a glad to see that this game uh, or this museum presents a few games that definitely uh, have uh, meaningful reasons to uh, include uh, lock picking and interesting implementations of lock picking that reinforce those meaningful reasons yeah. versus like oblivion. It's like, I mean, is yeah. the meaningful reason stuff needs to be locked and you need to be able to get well, it without having the key yeah exactly that's what i was thinking i was trying to think of like what is the the sort of justifiable like narrative mechanical reason to have lockpicking in those mm-hmm. games and it is like it seems like it serves two purposes one of which is to like uh you know excite you to explore more which is what i think those sure, games are best sure. at uh it's just like you see a locked door and you're like i want to know what's behind that and it's like you know, like yeah. motivates you to develop your character's ability to to break in and then also uh-huh. it kind of like rewards you for going down a certain tech tree uh which is just the other thing they're about is like specializing your character so uh but sure, in both of those sure. cases it's like uh the the sort of like having no mechanic is boring but also uh-huh. like does the mini game add to either of those things not really uh-huh. like those yeah, things are already accomplished by the this rolling a number sure sure yeah it's definitely like an interesting discussion uh when you're making a game and i mean part of what this uh, experience sort of uh wants to encourage i assume is that like hey if you want to add lock picking to your game here's a bunch of stuff to consider and yeah totally uh, yeah it's uh it's, it's it was really interesting it was i, I was expecting it to be uh, thought provoking and it was even a little bit more thought provoking than i thought it was gonna be yeah so. totally well so, I, i'm out. glad that he actually like um took the like background and analysis section seriously yeah. like that's yeah, what I that's thought, what made it feel like a a sort of like not just a you know a little mm-hmm. gimmick but sort of a uh actually a, a kind of like analysis in game form like 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I thought all of that stuff was really well considered and laid out in, uh, in a thoughtful way uh, yeah. for each game, even for games where it kind of, uh, I mean, it tries to stay a little bit neutral, but to a certain amount, it there's, you know, how much can you really defend that Oblivion lockpick? You know? <laughs> yeah, true. Um, I'm curious uh, if uh, uh, the creator here has any uh, interest in doing different museums of mechanics. It seems like already yeah. probably the the list uh, uh, on one of the plaques at the very start of the game, they're like, oh, I'm sure I missed a lot of games. So uh, tweet at me if you have a game. I actually I actually did uh, send a DM on Twitter about uh, Judgment because it has two lockpicking mini games uh-huh. uh and i'd be i'd be uh i'd be curious to see how much this museum grows but also i'm curious if there's other uh you know museums of mechanics that uh that could be presented in the similar format because yeah I mean, i'd be i'd be really interested to play them honestly the thing i'd be most interested in is like here's your melee combat mechanics yeah <laughs> museum but obviously the the complexity of that would be uh, it would be make it really astronomical hard yeah i was also thinking about it this is maybe a a goofy thing to think about but the uh-huh. the just the museum layout would become very strange with non-lockpicking sure. mechanics because you know all the lockpicking mechanics uh the interface in the game that they're uh-huh. from is usually like okay you zoom in and then here's a little thing separated from the rest of the world so it's really easy uh-huh. to put on a plaque in a warehouse like how do sure. you do that for like melee walk combat? into a separate room you know you walk into a separate room sure uh-huh. or i mean if you want to make it really simple you just like uh you know there's a screen within a screen situation yeah like, uh, but i mean now that i'm now that i'm thinking about it i mean something that could be potentially really interesting is like different styles of like platforming movement that's the one and, i was uh, thinking of like yeah. like just uh, a museum of, i mean that actually would just be intrinsically super interesting just a, a museum of of platforming because you know the material is abundant uh, sure. but also like i think it'd be a great way to you know showcase some you know unexpected platforming mechanics you may not be familiar with uh sure or introduce like uh concepts like coyote time to people that maybe aren't uh, familiar to them uh or just like acceleration curves of uh of jumps and falling back down yeah like, i think uh plat or uh yeah platforming is one of those things that uh it seems like it'd be really simple to do but anyone who's ever tried to make a platformer that actually feels good knows that uh making it feel good is real hard it is not easy at yeah. all <laughs> and there are so many variables that aren't apparent when you watch mario run to the right and jump uh there's there's so much about that that is like carefully considered and tweaked uh that is uh not apparent at all that I, I, yeah it would be interesting to uh to explore that as well yeah totally well i, I hope this uh, I, I hope this spawns a subgenre of uh nerdy uh game developers obsessed with game museums. history <laughs> creating mechanical museums i will, I could, ha- I I will happily play them i could definitely see it i want to see like a bunch of uh uh, a bunch of different developers get together and each one makes a different exhibit in like a, in like a digital museum. And it's like, they all build it in unity so that, uh, they can be like hooked together into one giant scene. Sure. And then, uh, you can go in there and it's, a uh, and it's, uh, you know, a multiplayer MMO like space, like, uh, what was that game? We put the Omoma, you know, we go, <laughs> yeah, go totally. At the, also at the a museum. museum of mechanics. Uh, huh. it's this perfect. Is all, 
very ridiculous and, and lofty, but it would be kind of neat. But it would be cool. It you would, ha- would have an audience of at least two. So that's uh, enough. To, that's enough to kickstart it. Boom. Exactly. <laughs> well, do you have any, any uh, other thoughts or uh, comments about the Museum of Mechanics lock picking, or shall we tell the people? About, uh, uh, what that's uh, that's it. So we can talk about the game for next week. So next week's game is a game by the name of Blast Flock by Remy Travisol Dog DeVoe. Um, this is a game that seems to be a, a kind of like bullet hell where you have, you're controlling many ships rather than, uh, like one ship. Uh, it's kind of like you control, a well, I guess a flock of, of ships. Um, so the, the, I think like the, the main sort of, um, like concept it's working around is how how bullet hell changes when you have to think about like a big group of planes rather than one so that's what we'll be playing next week uh if you want um a link to that episode or a link to the game itself uh you should follow us on twitter at edgeguardcast uh that's where we tweet out all the updates for the podcast new episodes uh links to the games we play as well as the twitter handles of the of their creators if they have them Uh, or just updates uh, and general conversations. So if you want to be a part of that conversation, you should follow us at EdgeGuardCast. Um, But with that, we will play Blast Flock next week and talk to you then.